Maybe that's why D Hop didn't want to go to the Patriots. Because of Bill O'Brien. Just thinking about that now. It's probably yeah. why I didn't want to go there. Because he traded him for a bag for... of peanuts. Yeah. And David Johnson. Yeah. It very you well could be. I think that's probably the reason why he didn't go to New England. <laughs> <laughs> Call it what you want. I was uh, just about to say, I was like going through, I was like, why wouldn't he pick us? And I was like, Bill O'Brien. Uh-huh. It is episode 176, 2.0, technically, to me to me and Hayden here. But as I just said, it is me and Hayden on this episode today. You can follow the show on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at leftsideheavy underscore. You can follow myself on Instagram and Twitter at jevin.lefave. Hayden, how you doing, buddy? Where can the people find you? On Instagram and Twitter at Hayden underscore Barton. Thank so, you for the uh, intro. so we're uh, we're back at this again, not yeah, just like in said, a week. Part two. The we're this is our second oh. go at it tonight. Yeah, <laughs> uh, our Wi-Fi was terrible. I guess my Wi-Fi was next to uh, like non-existent. It was it was terrible. Dog water. So yeah, I had to basically start over. So we're. Uh, we're back at it. We're going to give this another shot. But um, I have asked you this, but how are you doing, my friend? How was your week this past uh, week? I'm all right. Um, as we said earlier, or as I said, but you didn't hear it, uh, I messed up my back yesterday in like the most pussy way possible. I tried to install, or not even install. I was just going to this job site to fix up some shelves. And basically, when I put in the shelf, I put it in weird, and the left side of my uh, mid part of my back was just like, you know what? I'm just gonna start spasming and yeah. <laughs> just just totally fuck you over. And yeah, I was basically back disabled all of today. Uh, getting up is a struggle. Standing up is a struggle. Uh, heat and ice have been my friend, except this heat. Uh, like heating pad yeah uh, has been terrible with this weather so sweating my balls off <laughs> yeah i can't imagine that man <laughs> yo backs are so dumb like that like they can just at any point be like no and right? like your week is ruined and it's like, like i didn't literally. do anything <laughs> literally and it's like you couldn't have shit out on me over the weekend but yeah. i i played I, I will say I did play four rounds of golf. Uh, Thursday shot a seventy nine, not a big deal. Not, not a big, big deal. deal. Uh, Friday, Duncan and I went night golfing. Uh, tea time at eight, finished around twelve thirty, and then Saturday I went twice. I went on a par three with my mom, nice. and then I went back to Golden Eagle on the north and. Doug and I were flying on the north. We got to like through seven holes without waiting. And then as soon as we hit like the eighth hole, it was just wait on every shot. Really? And it's like, it's like, what, what the fuck is this, man? Yeah. 
And by the uh, by the 18th hole, I was just fucking dogging it. I I I wasn't having like a bad round, but my mental capacity for trying to play golf with was just zero. And checked out at that point. Yeah. And on 18, I was just trying out the old Jim Furyk swing with my five iron and I broke my five iron. So no. (laughs) And it snapped in half. (laughs) Oh my God. That's trash. Yeah. It it wasn't like I, I I think I like, I hit, I definitely hit the ground and it kind of like, like bent the metal. Yeah. But then, it was also a fucked up shot and I was really pissed. So like, you know, like the overhead, like row that I do with my club and I like, let it go and it like bounces and yeah. Yeah. I just did that and snapped and I'm like, <laughs> well, guess I don't have a five iron now. Yeah. I, I Jim Furyk my eight iron on my cart bag on my cart <laughs> yeah. and it snapped. So that one was deserving, but also still like eight iron is my favorite club just because it's like my most consistent one. Yeah. And obviously like when I don't hit, I hit three like tops in a row and I'm like, no more of this one. Yeah. And then <laughs> yeah, it just hit, snapped right over the club face. Yeah. And I was like a small, I immediately was like, oh, fuck. But then also I was like, do you know what? I don't give two fucks right now. Like I'm still like, yeah. I don't fully regret doing what I did because in the moment I'm like, that needed to happen. Yep. <laughs> and I was just yep. like, you know what? The clubs needed to pay. Yeah. You know, <laughs> it's always the club's fault. It's never my fault. So oh, it was time to go. I have, I have an even better part too. On Friday night golf, this, this weekend was cursed actually. So on the 18th hole, we were just fucking waiting and it was like these four fucking guys in front of Duncan and I with, by the way they had no golf etiquette whatsoever like we're a twosome and we're catching up to them walking and oh they're all God. in they're all in carts right so by the 18th hole we're just we're just fucking pissed and we're just waiting we're like oh fuck it we'll wait for this hole and I uh I do a happy Gilmore and I slice it off to the right and Duncan's like Oh, okay. My turn. Happy Gilmore's and breaks his driver. <laughs> and the head of the driver just went whoosh. <laughs> so, like, they, did he hit the ground before the ball? Or no. Like, it's no, just he, like he the moment. It. Oh, so it just. It just, yeah. The head where of the, the ball, where the just, ball hit, it just like broke on impact. Not even where the ball had hit. Like, it broke off from shaft to, like, where it connects in. But he hit it. He's like, I know I hit it on the heel. And he checked, like, his ball imprint. And, yeah, it was right on the heel. And so he grabbed it. And then the next morning... Oh, fuck, this is so funny. This is Duncan episode. The next morning, he was like, oh, I'm just going to go to the the place where I bought the driver, uh, Meadows uh, Range. Yeah. And he turns out the shaft's under warranty. So he just got a new shaft for free. Okay. So it all worked out. Yeah. But like just all kind of shitty. But before he could do that, um, he thought he had his tournament match play on Sunday. He'd been telling me it was on Sunday. 
Well, at 8.40 in the fucking morning, Buddy calls him and leaves him a voicemail like, hey, where are you? I'm at the course. We're about to tee off. <laughs> he got to his match play by hole seven. And he had to give this guy eight strokes who started at a 21 handicap two weeks prior or uh, like three and a half weeks prior to this. He's managed to move up to a 15 handicap. Yeah, but he's still playing as a as a 21 or a 19. And uh, Duncan's like, oh, like, I'm sorry I'm late. Is there any way that, you know, you just, you know, you sh- you uh, you just take the strokes on the first six holes like uh, that you would stroke on? And he's like, no, you weren't here. So I think I'm just going to start six up. So Duncan had to, like, climb his way back. He won the first two holes. And this is on the south, right? Yeah. And then the buddy birdies eight, the par three, and then net birdies nine. <laughs> it's like, what? <laughs> net birdie and you're a 21 handicap? My ass. Yo, yeah. 21 handicaps aren't moving up to a 15. In, in two weeks. No, it's like you're sandbagging at that point. Oh, absolutely. And I was like, surely this is fucking cheating. Like, how can you enter this and just like that's surely not, that's literally not possible. No, it's not. <laughs> Unless he had like his first round and he shot like a 90, you know, 94 or whatever. And then his next round that he played, and that was like his first round. And then it like moved them down to a 13 Dude. just for the preliminary. And it's like, fuck you. But no, but still, like if you're shooting a 90, say you play Golden Eagle North and you shoot a 94, your handicap's not going to be 21 still. Like it's going to be around a 15 because of the course difficulty and everything like that. Like it judges it based on that. Yeah, not exactly. How many, slope. yeah, not yeah. how much strokes you finish over par. Like your handicap's well, your best potential score. What what the Golf Canada app does, it registers your like your handicap as an average. And then when you start a round, it adjusts your handicap to what it should be. So this guy came in probably shooting an average of like a a 24, maybe played like two rounds. But then like this round he shot low 80s and it's like, well that just doesn't happen. Yeah. <laughs> no, and but still, like if you're adjusted, it's just it's a fuck situation for him. He was never gonna win anyways. He Duncan just had one of the most weirdest weekends. So did results. he just like forget about his match? He didn't forget about it. He played up until like hole fifteen, and then he realized like it's just no, he, he can't win because the guy stroke on the last three holes as well. The last three holes is a par three, a par five, and a fucking easy-ass par four. No, but, like, did he, um... Like, did he just... Like, the guy was six holes up on him. Like, did he just, like, misremember the time of the match? Yeah, Duncan fully... No, Duncan fully told himself and thought to himself that it was Sunday, when in reality it was Saturday. Okay, like I thought, I thought you were saying like, yeah, he told me it was Sunday, but the guy no, called him just, on Sunday. He just totally goofed. That's so tough. Yeah, so Duncan woke up at like eight forty something in the morning on Saturday, raced out to his match, and yeah, that's trash. Yeah, that is trash. But your weekend. Yeah, 
Bachelor party. First bachelor party ever? Second. Second? Okay. Donald. Do we count Donald's? Yeah, I guess we do, don't we? It, he, yeah, he did. A, we did some things. We went brunch, mini golf, breweries, pong tourney. It was, it was a fun day. Yeah, it was a fun day. But yeah, this is one where like first like bachelor party where we like kind of went somewhere mm-hmm. and went to the old Calgary Stampede. I've always wanted to go. Happy we went. It was a really good time. Um, the flight home was a travesty, but I'll go. I'll go in order. So the flight in was like smooth sailing. Uh, six a.m. flight. Um, gonna shout out reoccurring guest Brandon Goff here because he uh didn't really fuck me over, but he did. Love you, buddy. But I'm still gonna put you on the grill here. Um. He's all he's also he told me he would listen to this. So like I'm just gonna fire off at him. Um by the way, it was a big ask of me, but I was a few days prior. He helped me uh drop my car off at the auto body shop and I was like, yo, do you mind driving Donald and I to the airport on Friday morning? He's like, What time? And I was like, Well, we'll have to leave my house at like 3 45. And he was like, yeah, I should be able to do that. And I'm like, I totally get it if you don't want to because it's 3.45 in the morning, but also, like, I'd rather not drive there. Mm-hmm. And um, he's like, yeah, I can do that, no problem. And I was like, okay, sweet. Get to Friday. It's 3.45. And I'm like, all right, he should kind of be here any minute. 3.55 comes. And I'm like, all right, plane takes off in a couple hours here. So she's probably... Kind of concerned. Probably... I'm just saying, like, if he's not here in five minutes, I got to go. Like, this is a yeah. problem. Call him eight times and doesn't, or call him five times, doesn't answer. I try calling his brother to, hopefully he wakes up to wake him up. It goes straight to voicemail. And I call Brandon three more times, doesn't pick up. And I'm like, I guess I'm just driving myself. Driving to the airport. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I'm texting Donald while this is going on too. I was like, yeah, so he's not picking up right now. And he's like, really? And I'm like, yep. Yeah. I didn't want to wake my parents up to drive me because, mm-hmm. like, that would be way too much of an ask. And yeah. it would also have to be like, hey, can you drive me to the airport? Even if they say yes, I'd have to be like, all right, well, we have to leave in, like, two minutes. So, like, <laughs> yeah. asking, right, you guys have to get like, up now. <laughs> yeah, like, asking them to hurry up in that situation after just asking them at 345 in the morning, I feel like, who am I to be asking that question? Like, I feel like that's yeah, I agree. really disrespectful. I agree. So I'm like, I'm just, I just grabbed my stuff, grabbed my keys, hopped in my car and just started ripping to Donald's place. And I was like, Hey, you got to be down at the ground in like five minutes. Cause I'm on my way. And he's like, uh, all right, cool. <laughs> Pull up and we ripped to the airport. We get there by like five o'clock. So it's no problem. Um, but yeah, cheers, Brandon bills in the mail for you for the parking. <laughs> um, expensive, but also I kind of expected it. It's $147. Oh, my God. From Friday to Monday, yeah. So, Fuck. Man, you know what? I'm going to say this now, and it doesn't help you. Should have asked me. Yeah, but also, like, you would have to drive to Pitt and then back out, and I just didn't want to potentially wait any longer than I needed to. I I go to work for six. Yeah, but also... At three forty-five in the morning, like I, I still didn't like nothing was. No, oh fuck! Don't call me at three forty-five in the morning. But like, if you needed to ask, then 
Oh yeah. Like yeah. in the moment though, like I already Oh I yeah, was... no, fair, fair. Cause like golf checked in with me at 10. He was like, Still need a ride tonight? And I'm like, Yep. Hell man. And then uh he didn't he texted me at eleven AM though, but I was at a diner in Calgary. At eleven AM he texted yeah. you? He was like, Sorry, I slept through my alarms. And I'm like, Yeah. You asshole. slept through a lot. <laughs> <laughs> you slept through your alarms plus six hours, buddy. <laughs> yeah, what the fuck? Yeah. No, but it's in hindsight, it's all good. I don't want to fucking completely bash on the guy because like I said, it's still a really hard ask to be like, hey, can you get up at three in the morning and drive me to the airport? But also, you said yes, you fucker. But um, but anyways, um, we get to Calgary, land, we go to a diner, and uh, we have a tea time for 145 mm-hmm. at this beautiful course head. Beautiful, yeah, I think pretty nice. Two years ago, I think it was top 20 in Canada. I think this year it was in top 50, but it's, it is so nicest course I've ever played in my life. Like without a doubt. And it was like fully smoky. Like it was smoked out too, but you could still like, um, appreciate the course, like appreciate the beauty of the course. Like, you know, like how meadow gardens, the water's all murky mm-hmm. in the ponds. This is like crystal clear water. You can see to the bottom of it. It's like, every yeah. every lake every river it's like i shouldn't be allowed on this course right now. <laughs> <laughs> i'm doing this course of disrespect by yeah. playing on it yeah but um no it was good we played this uh scramble style tournament kind of thing there's 12 of us so three groups of four um, um the winning group gets 50 dollars vouchers to the pro shop via the guy who set it up so um that was unreal it was really competitive to the end we won at nine under the group behind us finished at eight under and the group behind them finished at seven under. So it was really close to the end and it was tied on 18. You needed to birdie at eight under and we up and down from the bunker to get a birdie. Wow. And then the group behind us parred and we were like, Oh, wow. Yeah. It was unbelievable. And the group behind us was one shot back and they just parred. So, Unreal. like, it was when we saw them birdie 17, we were like, all right, boys, let's wow. uh, let's get it together. It yeah. yeah. So then we hit, we hit three bad shots before the putt. I guess two bad shots before the bunker. Like, we didn't drive it that great. And then our second shot was like, yo, we're in the, we're taking a bunker shot as a scramble team. Like that's not ideal. That's not good. No. Right. That's not ideal. And then our third shot, it was actually, it was on the far side of the bunker. So we had to hit over more bunker and then to a tucked pin. Like it was not an easy shot. Uh, but luckily the, it was kind of, the pin was on a downslope, I guess. So the ball slowed down when it went past it, I guess. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of good that way. And then our, the second guy drained the pot. So it's like, we all worked together in different ways. We all stepped up in big moments and we uh, caught the W, but no, it was, it was insanely fun. So like, that was a really good time. And then we got to the house and then kind of got ourselves together and then went out to um, 
the stomping grounds there at the stampede. We didn't really go into the stampede like area, which is kind of like the like Playland PE kind of thing. There's like some yep. rides there, nightclubs. So like kind of adult PE kind of. Mm-hmm. But we didn't go to that. There's like various tents around mm-hmm. where it's like nightclubs kind of. So we went to the popular one called Cowboys and we just kind of walked around in there, partied. There's like this random DJ playing a bunch of different remixes and stuff. And we just kind of parted in there for a bit. One of our buddies who was there, he bought a table right beside the stage last minute. It was like 1300 bucks. He just bought it. And we all, we all went up and we just kind of parted on there. You get like a 40 of liquor and just like get some bartender serves you all night. And we Jesus just kind of, Christ. we just parted up there for a bit. And that was, that was a time and a half. And then we all got back home at like two thirty three in the morning. And then Saturday. So that was a long day. You just got to yeah, think about that. That's a long, that's a long Friday. Yeah. Get in at eight. Golf at one and then drink from like eight to ten at the house and then go and drink some more mm-hmm. till three in the morning. And then Sun Saturday was kind of a shit show, but it was still fun. We paintballed in the morning. Nice. Um it was like it had potential to be so much better than it actually was. Cause I feel like the guys working were way too involved in the game, like you know, like the ones in Maple Ridge where you're kind of thrown into a forest and like it's basically yeah, just, just like it. last man standing, kind of. And like mm-hmm. once you're done, you're done for the game, you can't like respawn or anything. You, you know, yeah. it's like kind of that. This one, it was like unlimited respawns and it was just short mini games. Oh, and it was like, stupid. it was like, there's no the, competition. Yeah, it's just like, like there was like two teams, but also it's like a lot of the games, one team was set up way more to lose yeah then the other team it was just like it was kind of shafting us a bit so it was like it could have the potential to be better but then we got back from there and then we went out to like a brewery and then we walked to the stampede grounds and we bought tickets to get into the stampede which is about 20 bucks wasn't too bad and then like it was free cover into all the bars there so it was like not bad Yo, this bar that we were going, we we're going to Nashville North. At nine o'clock, they were at max capacity. And think about this. There was a zigzag line right outside the door. Imagine the zigzag line in my driveway full mm-hmm. of people. And then another line going down to Wellington. Huh. What and the they, fuck? And they were already at max capacity. So they weren't, no one could even grease the line to get in because they weren't letting people in. That's insane. It was like probably, if it was like they were letting people in, four hour wait, probably at That's least. Fucking crazy. And man. we're like, well, obviously we aren't doing that. <laughs> so then no. they told us to go to a different one. And then, there was a line to get in. It was like a complex kind of like the imagine the Langley Event Center is like to get into that. And then there's different areas in that. There was a line to get into that and then a line to get into the bar. And we we're like, what all right, fuck? well, we're not going to do that either. So then we 
walked 20 minutes back to where we were the night before, waited there, was figuring out what we wanted to do, and then we just like kind of went to a small bar. And we were like, that was that night was kind of like terrible, pointless. It was yeah. like, it was whatever. We also went to the casino for like three hours before we went to the stampede grounds. So, like, it was just, it was just, it was a night that had so much more potential than what it actually was. Mm-hmm. But forget that. It was, it was whatever. And then Sunday, we went to the rodeo, which was an absolute time and a half. We saw like the whole, bareback riding the bull riding the barrel racing we watched that from 12 till 5 and then we went to steve aoki 24k golden and ice cube at the first Jesus. at the first like tent club kind of thing um we were at the first night so the sunday was unreal it was so much fun and um so then yeah we did that um, I saw like Bo Jacob, Kyler, and them as well. They were also there, so I kind of hung out. I met up with them on Sunday night, and then we got um, we went to like this Chinese restaurant as well. Got like food, and it was like a club in there too. It was the most insane atmosphere I've ever seen in my life. And then, um, so we fly the next day, and I just like got home and I went straight to bed, like I was gassed, and then. We wake up for a 1.45 flight. It was supposed to be at 9.30, but it got pushed back like a couple weeks ago. So then got an extra bit of time to sleep in, which isn't bad. We take off at 1.45. We board at around 1. So some of the guys had other flights going to like Victoria or Ottawa or just like used his points for his own flight. So he had a different takeoff time earlier, like... It was kind of different times or whatever. So a few guys had different flights. But um, so we get onto the plane at one and we're chilling there until like 1.55. Right. So we're like, all right, the plane's kind of delayed for about 10 minutes or whatever. Mm-hmm. The flight attendant goes into where the cockpit is, where the pilots are, close the door. And we kind of have seats at the front. And one of the guys that we're with is watching the other flight attendant and all they see is her jaw drop. And he's like, oh, God, boy, something's coming like this isn't good. The pilot gets out of the cockpit and he's like, hey, guys, so um, I got bad news. And we all are just like, oh, no. They're like, so the plane needs to go in for maintenance. So everyone needs to get off the plane and get back into the waiting area. And we'll have updates for you later. And we're all like, oh, no, this is not good. So we all get out. They had they like did the safety thing and everything. They was telling everyone to put their bags under the seats and buckle their seatbelts or whatever. They're going to take off in a few minutes. And then five minutes later, we're getting off the plane because it plane needs to go in for maintenance and we're like well what changed in five minutes what the fuck? <laughs> right it's just so ridiculous um and then so we're kind of waiting we're like we hear this uh the girl who like scans the passports and everything she told one of the guys yeah we might be able to find another plane today 
And we were <laughs> like, that's all you can give us is you might be able to find one today. What the fuck? And we're like, that doesn't sound like confident news that we're going to be getting out of here within the next couple hours, five hours. And one of our buddies had a flight to Ottawa for 7 p.m. So he's we said our goodbyes and everything. We're not going to see him until the wedding. Like we said our goodbyes. So we just gave him a call. We were like, hey, guess who's back? Ah, like we had to get off the plane and everything like that. So he came back and met up with us. We had a new flight for 340. And we're like, all right, that's like just over in an hour. That's whatever. They just had to kind of replace another plane or whatever. So we go to the, we had to go to another gate and then we had to go back to the same gate we were just at. And I'm like, this Flair airline is ridiculous right now. So we go to this, the Flames Bar and Grill or whatever. It's like, obviously this, like, this kind of sports bar in the airport by our gate. We order our food and then we look up and we're like, oh, we're boarding in 15 minutes. Boys, cancel the food. <laughs> so so we cancel our food because our flight's like fast forward by like 45 minutes. We're like, all right, well, I guess we're... And this is like tw- maybe half an hour after we figured out what time our flight was. So it's like, oh, we're getting on like right now. So we get on the plane a hailstorm starts mm-hmm. and we're like this is so fitting for this our is situation how, uh, this is how it gets delayed again <laughs> yeah so then the guy gets on the intercom again he was like so got an update everything should be good i'll uh yeah whatever we should be on track for 345 or whatever like, okay all right, cool. Sounds good. Comes to four o'clock. And he was like, yeah, so I just got word that the Vancouver airport has no more airspace. So no flights can come in for over an hour. <laughs> like, ah. Tanner just l- I, I looked over the right, saw Tanner, he was napping, and he just wakes up, heard all that. He was like, this is not real life. <laughs> like, this is, And the guy's like, you can get off the plane if you want to, but I recommend you to stay in here just in case any updates change. And we were like, we're never leaving this fucking place this ever. terrible. Yeah, and we were like, yo, Brian might be at his home because he was the guy who had the 7 p.m. flight. Back to Ottawa. Jesus. And we were like, yo, he, he literally might be at his... We were chirping him for having to stay here for so long, but he literally might be at his home. Like, this is insane. So, um, yeah, about 40 minutes later, he gets on the thing. He was like, yeah, so we should be taking off in about 35 minutes. We should be arriving in Vancouver at around 5.15. Like, okay. Yeah, just like, right. okay, I won't get my hopes up. Yeah, I'm just going to... I won't believe it until we're... Until we're we're in the air. Yeah, until this bird's in the air. Yeah. And then, lo and behold, he was like, yeah, we will be taking off in this time. They've reopened their airport, and the weather has completely passed over. It's going east, so there's nothing that's going to impact this flight from between here and Vancouver. And then we got in the air. And then I was home by 7 p.m. So not the it, worst. 
not the worst, but also like, of course that happened. Yeah, fucking. Of of course that happened. But overall, it was a really fun trip. We all had matching shirts. We all look like absolute stallions, and (laughs) I wouldn't change a thing. But there you go. Yeah, it was a it was a blast, man. It was a blast. I highly recommend the Stampede. But um, this kind of brings up question of the week: Calgary Stampede, nice music festival that's and just event overall um 10 day event very nice but what's a what's a music festival or kind of music central entertainment event kind of thing that you would like to go to that you haven't gone to yet i'm not really big into like um it could be events it could be kind of something like similar to what the stampede is or if you have i mean the stampede it can be the stampede i mean i wanted we shane and i wanted to go to the stampede last year but uh circumstances kind of conflicted it and we heard that it wasn't like as popping as it has years prior so we ended up not going um but we do want to go it looked it looked pretty fun uh, this year, pretty remarkable. Saw the cast, saw the lineup. So, I mean, it definitely is on the bucket list going to Stampede. But that's pretty much the only one I'd go to. Like, I, I don't really care for, like, a Faded in the Park or, you know, just something like that. I'm not really into all that, if I, uh, if that's allowed. <laughs> How about, like, um kind of just a popular like event i guess around the world like it can be i don't know like the one that happens down in louisiana or uh no not louisiana maybe louisiana but not the one i'm thinking of someone in brazil uh marty what's mardi gras that is, is that, New Orleans. That is New Orleans? Yeah. There's another one in Brazil, I think, but I can't think of it. But like, would you go to Mardi Gras? I'd go to Mardi Gras. Like, it's not music-centric, but it's like... It's, it's just some, a party in the streets. Yeah, like, it's just a crazy thing. So, like, would you go to anything kind of like that around the world? Oh, definitely. Yeah, I'd, I'd definitely go and check out Mardi Gras. Uh, as I search it up, it's a carnival celebration. Uh, beginning on or after the Christian feats of the Epiphany and culminating on the day before Ash Wednesday. Uh, Don't know what the last part of that means, but it's just a big festival. And it looks fun as fuck. Yeah. So I obviously like, um, you know, big New Orleans fan guy here. Uh, Connor has been to Mardi Gras. And he said that it was absolutely amazing. And yeah, I can only imagine. And I uh, I would definitely go. There seems to be like a lot of culture there and a lot of just fun stuff. Plus, I mean, you know, you lift up your shirt, you you get beads and you see boobs. So it's like it's a win win. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The two B's beads and boobs. Perfect. Yeah. <laughs> love it um i want to go to something that 
I wish I've gone to like years before. I think it's kind of gotten a lot of like really watered down and not as fun. Mm-hmm. And it might be kind of like a thing in the past now. So more so of like, I wish I went to this, but I really wish I went to Rock and River up in Merritt. Um, it's basically, obviously, it's just like beer pong and partying yeah. on the river and then music festival at night. And I just think that's like, a vibe that like I would enjoy so much there. Um but again, like music festivals aren't something that like I've been very intrigued by mm-hmm. um in years prior. So like I'm not a hundred percent sure. But like I think I'm a big fan of country music and I think that's like is mainly what it is. And so I think like I would just have like a really fun time there so i think that's my answer rock and river and merit but also like i'm having a trouble i'm having trouble thinking of calgary stampede was my number one but now that i've gone there it's kind of nice to check that off but um i don't know what else i would go to i'm having a tough time like thinking of yeah there's stuff. not really another another like sort of world event that stands out to me yeah, maybe like the World Cup, but that's also coming to us in a few years. So don't have exactly. to worry about that. Don't have to worry about that. But uh, yeah, that's question of the week. So what um, you answer that? Like what uh, different um, events around the world are is on your bucket list next that you want to go to that you haven't? Um, all right, let's uh bang out some of this information here across uh the nhl and nfl um ross colton newly acquired lad of the colorado avalanche signs a four-year four million dollar contract um he obviously played big parts in tampa's stanley cup runs and was acquired for um a uh first round pick or the 37th overall pick, maybe. I can't remember the exact trade, but um not a big not a big name by any means, but he's a young pesky forward that a lot of teams need. He's very skilled and has a really good edge to his game that can really help Colorado, um, who won't have Landeskog next year. So Hayd, what do you think of this uh signing? of the newly acquired RFA, the Colorado Avalanche. I think this puts Colorado in a better spot than they were previously, obviously. Yeah, not having Landeskog is going to be tough. And trying to fill that void, you know, with a solid depth piece, I think this is great for Colorado. Yeah. As about, it, it can't be bad. Unless it's someone who's done something terrible. I don't think anything that Colorado could do right now would be bad. Yeah, I Death agree. Pieces. I agree. And um, there's been a lot of roster turnover with Colorado bringing in Johansson and everything like that. And I just think Ross Colton adds like some um, youth to the lineup a bit. Um, it's already kind of like a younger team, but 
this just adds like a younger and some more pace to their lineup and a lot of edge that can really help their middle six and stuff and potentially top line because he plays some top line minutes with the big guys in Tampa. So I really like this move for Colorado as they kind of, they had an unfortunate exit on this past playoffs. Mm-hmm. And I think they don't, they, their window's still going to be open for at least a few more, few more years. And I think this, signing and trade just overall helps a ton um so i like the term might be a bit much at the moment but i think he's gonna play into that and if not exceed the four million dollar hit that he has so i like the move overall for both player and team yes no i definitely agree it could it could backfire but at the same time i feel like colorado doing this this is a good move. This is this is this is a good move. Yeah, I I agree. Um all right. Uh big news surrounding Alex Galchenyuk. So um we talked about last episode that he was bought out by the Arizona Coyotes. And um news of News has come out that Galchenyuk was arrested on July 9th in Scottsdale, Arizona for a hit-and-run incident that resulted in the Arizona Coyotes terminating his contract. Um, According to the police report, Galchenyuk made violent threats to officers after apparently crashing a car into a sign. The report said Galchenyuk used racial slurs towards an officer in training several times and cited his connections in Russia while not cooperating. quotes here pretty sensitive so listener beware um one phone call and you're all dead your whole family your bloodline is dead so that's what he told the officers um he galchenyuk reached out to four scottsdale police officers via a letter sent through a prosecutor which was obtained by espn to apologize saying he knows he has a long road ahead of him uh, Galchenyuk did enter the NHL and NHL PA's player assistance program um, and has apologized to the police for his deeply disrespectful and despicable behavior. So, obviously, it's really hard to kind of understand what he did. Because I just don't think in any world is that appropriate under any sort of mental state. But um, it's just like kind of insane. And I hope that he kind of finds the end to that long road ahead of him. Uh, Just like to be completely fine and fully understanding and educated on his mental health and everything like that because i just think like what like that's like a really hard thing to really forgive and defend i guess and i mean it's just like he's had a very difficult nhl career after having such success in montreal and i don't know if any of that has to play a part in his frustrations maybe but it's just really hard to like kind of get behind this. And I just hope that he does find the help that he needs. Yeah. No, that's all you can hope for, especially when 
especially when he does and says the stuff that he did while inebriated under the influence whatever you want to say not a good look not a good look at all uh i can see why his contract was terminated right then and there uh kind of has a head case and now it's becoming something more serious than just a player playing a sport this is uh this very well could be something mental health related and you know you you never want to see anyone go through this type of thing you never want to see anyone further worse in their lives because of something like this so like you said hopefully he finds the help that he deserves yeah it's um you never want to see a player go through that um and it's just very um just very unfortunate and kind of scary i hope that the uh, Scottsdale officers that were threatened are doing fine as well because something that threatening and let's not kind of talk about the elephant in the room but like and if any player has that connection in Russia you're going to be a little bit scared mm-hmm. about what could happen because yeah. if that's possible then like we understand what the Artemy Panarin situation was where like he had to leave the team because his family was in trouble and he was worried about them. So if like if that's capable of happening and he sends threats like that to the officer, then like it's you gotta yeah, be think careful. about like obviously we hope Galchenyuk's better and like finds the help he needs, but like I just hope those officers are fine and are feeling like confident and still and like they're doing okay and i'm sure like through police departments they kind of have therapists to help them go through any sort of potential uh ptsd situations where like i feel like they go through this more often than not where they're kind of desensitized to it but mm-hmm. you never know about any one situation and it could impact people different so hopefully the officers are doing fine as well definitely but um all right, let's um keep this train moving. Um, Oliver Wallstrom, uh, of the New York Islanders, uh, signed a uh, what was it to a one year deal. Um, the terms are kind of under wraps here but um he had 32 goals and 29 assists for 61 points in just over 160 career games with the team it's 16 points in 35 games last year um he suffered a season-ending lower body injury in december um nothing but good things i've heard from this kid he was drafted high um and if anything serves me i like this kid could be a excellent top six scorer in this league and he has a hell of a shot and i think this is just a deal where it's kind of like a prove you can stay healthy and perform over a year and with the salary going up in new york's uh cap situation i think this is more of like re-sign once the cap goes up and we kind of figure everything out but I think he's a good young player that could really help this team in the future. Um, yeah, just one-year deal. Kind of easy-peasy, lemon-cheesy. What do you think about it? 
Yep, prove it. Step up, make a couple plays in the big leagues. Yeah. You know, help the team out. Then, you know, you're signing back next year. Maybe yeah. a, a longer deal with uh, New York. So, yeah, pretty kind of not much else to really say about it. But, um, last point here. Um, uh, I just laugh at like it's every time I think of something like this, or it's like, ah, it's no big names, it's just we're in the Donald Parham uh part of the year, <laughs> like he <it> says. <laughs> Once you start talking about Oliver Wallstrom. <laughs> um, but uh, last point here. Uh, nice, quick, and easy uh, um, for the NHL part of this podcast. But Matias Michelli of the Arizona Coyotes sends a three-year extension. Um, terms are kind of um, under wraps as well. But he had a... He's had a good year uh, and career so far with the team. Um, uh, I just fucking had him up here. <laughs> no, but the it's right here. Three-year, $10.2 million contract um, with the team. He's He was second among NHL rookies with 22 points before a lower body injury. Um, he finished with 11 goals and 38 assists in 64 games after returning. Um, he was fourth in voting for the Calder Trophy, and his 49 points were second behind Matty Beneers, who had 57. So, Michelli, he's had a good start to his career so far. He's been a fan favorite amongst Arizona, um, all 12 of them. But... <laughs> Subtle jab. But no, I think this is good for Arizona to try to kickstart their uh youth um and prospect pool going forward. But any word on this head? Yeah, they're they need prospects. They need a lot of people. Um whether this is a start or the beginning, if that makes a difference to you. Uh, to me, the beginning is the first thing. The start is when you see a bunch of things. Yeah. So, this is this is the beginning. Yeah, and they've obviously like Arizona's been like bottom of the barrel for the like the past like eight years after their playoff run in twenty twelve. Yeah. But um, like the likes of Logan Cooley and. Sinishev and it's Michelli and Gunther, like they're doing it right. They're in the dog days, basically. Like, mm-hmm. but there's the there's that light at the end of the tunnel where like things are kind of going forward. And if they're willing to convince enough of these players to sign extensions and stay with the team, then there's no business on why they can't be a very, very competitive team in the next five years. Like, I agree. It's going to be a very slow process, but the worst thing teams can do is rush rebuilds and mm-hmm. try to be competitive too early. And I think Arizona, like, they have the potential to do this right. So They do. So I think if 
any of their players are like Michelli and Clayton Keller and Dylan Gunther. He showed some promise as well, and he's ready to take the next step. And I think it things could work out, but they just need them to want to stay. And I think that's going to be the hardest part. That is going to be the hardest part. So no, definitely. Yeah. All right. I'm going to uh, flea flicker it over to you. <laughs> Sounds good. Let's really oh, oh, we got in, some. Really reached in my bag for that one. We got some NFL news. Oh, Jeff. What did D-Hop want? The, his main three things. What did he want? He wanted stable management. Stable management. Uh, a good, winning, winning a good culture. Defense. Yeah, a good defense. Yeah, stable management. A winning culture. Uh, a winning culture, sure. And, and a what was quarterback. The last? Oh, now I don't know about you, but who won the AFC South last year at nine and eight? Was it? Yeah. Was it the Tennessee Titans? No, 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 no. It was the Jacksonville Jaguars. Nine and eight is what it takes to win in the South. I know. I'm a big fan of the NFC South. So knock off one of the one of the four things there. Um do we know for sure that Ryan Tannehill is going to be their starting quarterback this whole season? I don't know if any of their three quarterbacks they have rostered are going to be their quarterback this season. Who knows? <laughs> I like Will Levis because I don't know something about him. I like him. Uh, you know, we talked even pre-rookie draft that I was even thinking about taking him. Uh, yep. But then things fell a certain way. And yeah, I ended up picking him up after the draft. But I like him. Uh, yep. But we, we don't know who will end or, or even start the season at quarterback for the Tennessee Titans. Now, other than Jeffrey Simmons and Kevin Byard, name two players on the Tennessee Titans defense. <laughs> mm, pass. Yeah. <laughs> and other than Mike Vrabel, uh, do you know the Titans GM? No, but I know he didn't want to pay AJ Brown, but he paid a older version of someone like AJ Brown. Yeah. Yeah, no, you're exactly right. Um and he's also he was also just hired this year. Yeah. Or not. So, stable management. Stable management. Uh DeAndre Hopkins is now a Tennessee Titan. Uh definitely just going for money. Yeah. Uh, could uh, all it could be is up to 15 mil a year. I tell you what, if the Chiefs were offering me $8 million a year with the chances, the incentives, or whatever, to make it just above $10 million, why wouldn't you do that? Why wouldn't you do that? Was that rumored? That was rumored. It, it was, the Chiefs were close to the $10 million mark. They weren't over, but they were close. Because, like... Because I understand him just taking two years at 13 if all he was being offered was like four. I would so, understand that. So yeah. like, I was like, I would take the extra $9 million. But if it's like, oh, I could play with Patrick Mahomes for $3 million less, I'm going to go that route. 
it just it doesn't it doesn't make sense to me because I would even go and play with the Patriots for three million dollars less. Right? Like that is stable management. That's that stable. is a good defense. Yeah, it's like your quarterback's kind of a question, but this is a this is a make it or break it year. I feel in some people's in some people's eyes for the Patriots, and also it's just like I kind of I think Mac Jones could excel with someone but an actual of, number one receiver, DeAndre Hopkins. Yeah, like we just have a bunch of number twos, and I think like if we had a D Hop, those number twos could potentially flourish more. With the likes of a D Hop as well as D Hop and Mac Jones kind of helping each other. And you'd think, yeah, like I'm not saying Mac Jones is anything groundbreaking, but I still think he showed a lot of flashes last year. And with someone who succeeded as an OC for the Patriots and Bill O'Brien, maybe that's why D Hop didn't want to go to the Patriots. Just because of Bill O'Brien. Just thinking about that now. It's probably yeah. why I didn't want to go there. Because he traded him for a bag for... of peanuts. Yeah. And David Johnson. Yeah. It very you know well what? could be. I think that's probably the reason why he didn't go to New England. <laughs> <laughs> Call it what you want. I was uh, just about to say, I was like going through, I was like, why wouldn't he pick us? And I was like, Bill O'Brien. Uh... Uh, call it what you want. Uh, the Tennessee Titans odds before winning the Super Bowl on... I forget exactly which one it was. Maybe FanDuel. Uh, They're plus 8,000. They have moved it all the way up from plus 8,000 to plus 8,000. After acquiring. <laughs> they haven't, they haven't, moved. Moved. They haven't, haven't moved. moved whatsoever. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, believe it or not, I think this is actually... I would say worse because, you know what? Derrick Henry gets a lot of carries for fantasy. This could actually cut into his fantasy output this year. And that's what uh, Don, that's what Donald was talking about. He's like, I was excited for Derrick Henry like this season, but now mm-hmm. it's like, ah, now I'm kind of not. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I agree. Um, but it'll be a good matchup week one as they face New Orleans. I cannot wait to see uh, Lattimore shut the fucking door on Hopkins because last year, uh, who played against? DeAndre Hopkins in the Arizona game, our rookie, Alante Taylor. And what was his stat line, Jeff? Do you know? I'm going to say, I don't know, but I'm going to take guess. I'm going to say two catches for 19 yards and no touchdowns. DeAndre Hopkins uh, last year versus the Saints. Oh, and now I can't find it. I will find it. I know it wasn't good, but a rookie uh, held them down to pretty much nothing. Yeah, they still lost that game. Had one of the best clips of all time. Uh, what was it? Buda Baker jumping into the end zone from a pick six of Andy Dalton. Uh, it's going to be different this year. I'm oh, calling. yeah, I remember. Yeah, 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 that was the just great play. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, that is a thing. Uh, speaking of your Saints, speaking of the Saints, Andre Miller, yeah, it was list. It was known he's probably going to be out for like uh, all of training camp, 
But there's reports saying he should be ready by the start of the season, which huh. has been known. He had an ACL tear uh, last year. I think it was close to the game against Georgia, or it was like right after, something like that. Gotcha. Uh, I got absolutely spanked. Yeah. TCU did. But I mean, speaking like, of the physically unable to perform list, Isaiah Pacheco. He's out for six weeks. <laughs> and I yeah. just traded for him. And you just traded for him. Yeah. What what epic timing. Yeah, what I epic gave timing. I gave I gave up a ton for him too. Yeah, uh, you did. Stefan Diggs and Aaron Jones for I still I'm still really happy with the return I got from it. I got yeah. um Pacheco Deontay, great return. Deontay Johnson, uh first round pick who turned into Anthony, Anthony Richardson. Richardson. Yeah. And then next year's second round pick. So yes. I'm still happy with the return because like I need to get younger and rebuild. And yep. Um hopefully Pacheco, it's nothing like groundbreaking that really like ruins the his career going forward. But you know what? This is why I have Jarek McKinnon and Clyde Hilaire on my team still and don't drop anyone until the start of the season. That's smart. For this reason exactly. Like I have Casey's entire backfield, right? <laughs> I have Pacheco, Jarek McKinnon, and Clyde Edwards. You're like so, the San Francisco running back backfield before yeah. Christian McCaffrey. Yeah. yeah, I got everyone and their brother on my team. Oh my so, god, it's hilarious. Yeah, it's just like and like we were cutting rosters down. And I was like, I don't know who to cut. I have no choice but to wait till closer to the season in case of injuries. And in situations like this, I'm really proud of myself for like, yeah, not getting I'm a good manager. Yeah, so now I can now I'm only two guys over the roster limit because I can throw Pacheco on that IR. IR. Yeah, but um, no, but yeah, also got good reports that Tank Bigsby, the guy, the lad that Showing I drafted, out. Yeah, he's looking really good, so that's good to see. He'll his role might increase with that, so. That's mm-hmm. kind of that's good to see as that well. Could be really so. good with Etienne kind of on, uh, you know, maybe a little bit hindered at the start of the season. And even just so, like I was reading his report, like the reports were saying, it was like Etienne's good, but like he can't take a hundred percent of the snaps hit. all the time. Like even some of the best running backs, like you even saw with Alvin Kamara, like Mark Ingram still had a big role in that offense. Oh, and, and you need that, right? Like you yeah. need to so, be able to put a guy like Alvin Kamara, Christian McCaffrey, Austin Eckler. You need to be able to put them in the slot yeah. and still find a way to get them a ball behind the line of scrimmage because they're yeah. magical. Yeah. So, so, yeah, I agree. So, um, yeah, so uh, things are kind of, I'm excited for uh, Happy Feet Squad going forward. I am too. I am too. But speaking of NFL running backs, uh, very big controversy as two of the biggest names in the NFL right now uh, are playing on a franchise tag deal, but have not been signed to a long-term deal. And both have been said to uh, reportedly saying at least that they will withhold from team events and will Hold out during the season. Now, obviously, they can't re-sign a deal for this year, but it seems as if both Josh Jacobs and Saquon Barkley would play if they got a new deal for next year. 
But Jeff, uh, last the last I think ten years of Super Bowl winners, uh, the the winning running backs at least are underpaid very 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 much so to the point where it's actually kind of ridiculous because you need a running back position, but running backs are good for five years and they come at a dime a dozen. Yeah, I uh, I see both sides of this, and it's terrible that I do because I get from the owner standpoint when they see the Chiefs win, and it's like, who was their starting running back? <laughs> Isaiah Pacheco. He was a rookie. He played fifty percent of the snaps last season. Yeah, and then you go to the season before, the season before, the season before that, and it's all leading to be where it's like if you could just get a running back for. Yeah, a good two years, then you've utilized them. Yeah. And it's not fair because running back is probably the most important position as a football game standpoint. Yeah, because you need to be able to um, deflect the passing game as much with running. And exactly. What better to do that with? Like, like if you're if the running game is getting clogged all game, then you're going to go to the passing game, which is going to make it more predictable. Mm -hmm. And if you have a good run game, then it opens up the passing. game. Yeah, exactly. And I think like a large part of it still goes to the offensive line for being able to create space. But in with the player with the likes of Saquon Barkley, he had so much to your offense pass running where like he should be, deserving of a hybrid contract between a receiver and a running back where like mm -hmm. he's kind of deserving of it because of his pure athleticism and just being able to take over a game like he's a game breaker it's the whole it's the whole jimmy graham should be paid as a wide receiver yeah. conversation because these guys are a different breed yeah i'm not saying Jerick McKinnon or Isaiah Pacheco are not different breeds. They are. But when you look at someone like Saquon Barkley, Josh Jacobs, and Tony Pollard, they're on a different level. At least yeah. right now, they've proven that they are like they're different. They are absolutely the redefinition of built different. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> and it just sucks because Le'Veon Bell ruined it all this. He did. He he truly did, but at the same time, I I stand with Austin Eckler saying, "Why should I be paid less than a wide receiver two? Yeah, like a number two wide." And it's it's like wow, when you put that into comparison, that totally makes sense. Or the average, the average salary for an NFL running back is lower than a kicker. And that's but just that also that's also very very big picture because there's a lot of running backs that are signed for way less than market value yeah and then there's a lot of kickers or there's only 32 kickers whereas there's probably like 110 running backs <laughs> yeah it is it's is really tough though because like you said like i i see it for the player side because like everyone deserves to get paid because this game's never guaranteed and everything like that and who who was it the guy who got carted off who didn't have a contract? Is it say Earl Thomas, safety. Yeah, 
So and obviously, off the yeah, obviously yeah. different position, but like that's what these guys are playing for is for security. Yeah. And to be able to get paid because running back is probably the worst position to play in football because it's it, it definitely the, is it's the most grueling on your body. The and you're way more susceptible to injuries and it's the most easily fillable position because of how many running backs are and like a wide receiver can go in and play running back and like I feel like he can do maybe a half decent job so that's like I can kind of see it from the team's perspective is like I'm not going to pay you 20 million dollars a year when I can pay someone who can maybe have 400 less rush yards this year Two thirds of and, production and pay him a quarter of the amount. Yeah. So it's like instead of paying you 20 million, I can pay this guy six million and he can yeah. have 850 yards as opposed to 1200. And yeah. in the grand scheme of things, I think running like uh, 1A, 1B backfield and each of them getting. Like combining for 400 yards but saving half the money is better from a team's perspective than paying one guy $20 million with injury history. Hopefully, he makes it the whole season. The whole season. Yeah. And you're not really in a position to win like the Giants are. Like they aren't yeah. really ready to win a Super Bowl right now. So, is it really worth to put all your eggs in one basket and a running back who's given you half a season in two years? Yeah. And you make a great point because that's just it. Would you rather have two, two B B tier running backs or one S tier and one C tier running back? Yeah. Like two B tier running backs are most likely taking you to the promised land. One S tier and one C tier is like, okay, the S tier is a great, but when that C tier running back's in, he's a liability. Yeah. Like he could get hit once, fumble the ball, and boom, game fl- game switches. Like, I would rather have like Damian Harris and Ramondre Stevenson than Saquon Barkley and like a hundred percent some other food. That's why. That's why I'm so happy we got Jamal Williams. Yeah, for four year or three years at four million. Kendra Miller, a rookie. Making less than that, and then Alvin Kamara making thirteen point something something mil, and it's like that is that is that is great. Yeah, like I think a committee. <laughs> I think a committee. It's like from like a front office perspective, it's something that you'd rather have than just like one guy who's asking for twenty million dollars. Because like if. Saquon Barkley turned down 19 and a half guaranteed from what I heard. Then obviously he's wanting more than that Mm -hmm. or different terms on it. So if you're turning down around nine, like $20 million, it's like from a front office perspective, it's like, I'm seeing what other teams are doing around. And if we just kind of beef up the offensive line a bit, which they've been doing a great job of, then why would they spend twenty million when they can spend two seven million dollar contracts, maybe like a ten and an eight, and get two like nine hundred yard running backs 
same production for a bit cheaper and then kind of spend other money elsewhere. Yeah. Instead of two running backs at $26 million, two running backs at $19 million or $18 million. And you can get another receiver, backup quarterback or offensive lineman kind of thing. Yeah. So it, it changes the game. Yeah. It changes the game. So it's really hard to like pick a side, but I do understand both sides. There will be, I bet you anything, there will be clauses in place now for running backs that say like, if you don't make it halfway through the season, you don't get your whole contract. Yeah. You know, like you don't get that year's pay because like their injury history is just so so it's right there it's 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 an equation in the pudding you are going to get injured as a running back at least once in your career yeah it's a guarantee if you make it out of your whole nfl career let's say you have a six or seven year career you never get injured once as a running back then your name should be put up there with the jim browns and yeah absolutely like we're seeing this now with ezekiel elliott Buddy was a beast, but he's declined every year. <laughs> Dalvin Cook, we're about a month away from preseason football in the NFL, and Dalvin Cook is not on a team. Yeah, and he has been a top five running back the past five Four years. Four years? Yeah. Oh, it's 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 crazy. But it's just like they understand that running backs – is the most easily fillable position. Yeah, so why take it And back? why, if they're not willing to take less than league average, then I'm not paying you. Yeah. But like, I, it's, what, it's so, what running backs so still need contracts? Saquon, Jacobs, Tony Z, Pollard, Pollard, Cook. Yeah, Fournette. Yeah, Fournette. James Robinson was cut. From the Patriots, yeah. Tough. Like That's there's surprising. there's a lot there's a lot of names out there still. Like I think the Patriots are the easily work. Like I think the pe- betting favorites right now for Dalvin Cook are the Patriots. But like any big name free agent, I never see the Patriots sign. So I think he'll probably go somewhere else. Yeah, um, it's probably going to happen. <laughs> But yeah, it's gonna be really interesting to see where all these big names go and when their contracts are gonna get signed. Absolutely. But with that, uh, that is the last. That is the last little bit of uh, football information that I will be providing. Well, all right. Um, I don't have a game or a draft or anything but I, um, uh, I don't know either my back's starting to kind of tense up so this will be a draft and game free um episode but the open is this week <laughs> not last week uh Rory did win the Scottish Open last week so hopefully that's not a curse because we want to see him I think he no he doesn't stupid 
Uh, he's looking for his first major since 2014. I was going to say he to finish off the career Grand Slam, but he hasn't won the Masters yet. No, I haven't won um, the Masters. But uh, first major since 2014. He won the Scottish Open, so he's probably going to miss the cut. Yep. Um, <laughs> but we did our Open draft two episodes ago. Not including or including the KBNR. So episode one seventy four, me, Hayden, and Corey did um an open draft. We'll be uploading that on Thursday or Wednesday night before the round starts. So yeah, same kind of thing. Five rounds and then an extras. But yeah, um that's about it. Um I didn't post any clips this week because I had a lot on my plate last week, and obviously I was tearing it up and losing some brain cells in Calgary this weekend, so I wasn't really looking to cut any clips, but I promised to do better this week. Um, <laughs> so, yeah. Um, I also make a promise to do better with making up graphics, literally of anything. It's just so fucking hard when there's like, Nothing I feel inspired to like put out, yeah, and be like, Yeah, this is cool, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I will try to do better this week, but I'm putting a couple shifts in at the old pizza parlor, so gotta um, make back the money you lost. I still haven't opened my bank app. I, um, dude, I wouldn't, I wouldn't I, until next paycheck. <laughs> I get paid this Friday, so I perfect. Will. <laughs> I will when I go to see that. But hey, once again, where can the people find you? On Instagram and Twitter at Hayden underscore Barton. You can follow me on Instagram at Jevin.lefave, on Twitter at Jevin Lefave. Find everything for the show on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at Left Side Heavy underscore. Subscribe to the YouTube Left Side Heavy for video formats of the podcast. Thank you so much for listening. We'll see you next time. Peace.